Hello and welcome to Sharp China. I'm Andrew Sharp, and you are listening to a free preview of today's episode. I do want to talk about the export controls because we talk about the American response. This seems to be the most dramatic step that's been taken in the U.S.-China relationship, at least for the last decade or so. And I'll, I'll frame it with this quote from Singapore's Prime Minister Li Xinlong, who offered the following comments on the chip ban. And he was actually he was asked about economic decoupling between superpowers following these Biden regulations. And he says, "I think the Biden administration's latest move is a very serious one. I'm sure they've considered it carefully. It can have very wide ramifications." We will have to see how things work out, but we do worry that valid national security considerations may trigger further consequences and may result in less economic cooperation, less interdependency, less trust, and possibly, ultimately, a less stable world. So uh, that all feels pretty accurate to me. How is this news being received among people you've talked to in D.C.? Or perhaps in China. I mean, what's what's the Chinese side of this look like? So, so the Chinese side actually, the reactions have been quite quite muted again because they came right before the Party Congress, and so they haven't. I don't think they haven't formulated a full response, both in terms of a sort of rhetorical response, but also in specific policies and countermeasures. Uh, this is absolutely a watershed moment. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a there is no turning back from this. This is the U.S. telling China that. You know, we we are not just targeting specific companies, but we are fundamentally opposed to um, you having U.S. To- technology help you achieve one of your core goals, which is um, sort of building up their technological their technological ecosystem. And all you know, and and it, it is again, it was in this party report, which is talking about you know China's need to move up the technological value chain, ultimately become self sufficient, and, and right. this is the U.S. saying. You know, we're not going to we don't want to be participating in this anymore. And and and, you know, again, I'm simplifying a bit, but I, I, I the broader point is this is, a, is this is a, a massive moment in U.S.-China relationship. Yeah, that that is, again, feeds into this assessment. We talked earlier about the sort of Xi Jinping and the party seeing much more difficult U.S.-China relations ahead. I mean, this is a this is one of those. There's no coming back from this. And so I think that we don't quite fully know the ramifications, but, you know, the companies are all pouring over it. The lawyers are all pouring over it. But this is a, from a sort of a broader setting, the direction of travel for the U.S.-China relationship, this is, this is one that is, um, puts us into, I think, much more, uh, into a much more contentious state of the stage of the U.S.-China relationship. Yeah. Well, and it seems like China, I mean, anybody who's watched this evolve over the last year or so could could tell you that there were going to be more rules forthcoming from the State Department and the Department of Commerce, and it was going to become more restrictive. But I don't think that there were that many people who would have guessed there would just be this blanket. Right. No, th- this was this was a, this surprised pretty much everybody. And my understanding of how the process worked was, um, you know, there's this there's this. Um, Department inside the 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 Commerce Department called BIS, which mm-hmm. which would handle this, and 
they um they tend to you know they're it's the department of commerce they have sort of more of a positive view of business and you know have tended to even some of the trump era rules around technology and what could be sent to specific you know companies in china um were were in many ways sort of hollowed out by um the the um career the the staff inside the department of commerce yeah um certainly you know the lobbyists were were pushing for that my understanding is that these rules were actually written that, that sort of they're basically given to the bis in, in commerce by whom by like the white house by national security by, by wow. other other where they basically they wrote them in a way that um was um you know i think it was an interagency process but it was driven out of um the national security side so you end up with a much broader uh, blanket of restrictions than i think you know certainly a lot of the lobbyists a lot of people in business expected yeah and it's hard to know whether the u.s government understood exactly how broad these would be and how how they would be received in china because what the u.s is saying is these are narrow restrictions designed to handicap china's military progress and china's acquisition of advanced chips that would allow them to weaponize ai in a military context but it seems like in china this is being viewed as a potential setback to the entire well, technology it, it, it is a, it is a, it is a setback to the entire technology stack and you know the problem is is you know that it's it's a very small percentage of these technologies go into military related stuff right um but i think you can't and, and you know the problem again again it's what the chinese have done they've talked about this this um military civil fusion like this sort of this idea that sort of everything works with military it's like you know yeah they've made it um sort of really hard to argue that no no those those chips or that company is just a commercial you know normal commercial thing when you know they're all it basically the view is that you know that xi jinping has pushed this this concept of military civil fusion so you know everybody has to help all these companies have to work with the military help the military and so then you have you know even if it's a company that looks like a normal commercial operator um, or you could make that argument, even though that's you know, with other various like things like the national security law, the the, the, the um, various laws in China that make it basically impossible for a company to say no to the government if they ask right. for something. Um, you know, it, it it just again, it's this broader shift in how people I think here in DC look at sort of China and and what selling technology to China means and where it ends up. And and if, back on the military bits, the things that I think, again, also helped change the conversation or the views here were, one, um, there was this test of a hypersonic glide vehicle last summer in 2021 that apparently freaked out. I mean, there was some reporting on it, like the Financial Times, freaked out the U.S. National Security Advisor because they didn't understand how Chinese did, the Chinese did it. That's what I've been wondering. Because we didn't have it. Then the New York, you know, then there's the Ukraine, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Right. There's the, the PLA reaction to the, to the Pelosi visit in August. The New York Times reported that there was also um, uh, a sense that, that some of these advanced technologies were being used to try and um, – hack into like u.s intelligence systems i think there was an article earlier this week or last week um so there it sounds like you know again all anonymous we don't know for sure but the, i think you can you can point to various things that i think were kind of a oh crap moment in yeah. the u.s government that said we we need to get ahead of this rather than just kind of doing it on a one company at a time kind of thing like that we makes with sense huawei yeah and, there was the, the huawei stuff and now this seems to be and there's the entity list which are like a specific company but if you didn't mention the right subsidiary you know then these companies could still settle the right subsidiary or they could set up a 
an offshore JV and then sell into it. I mean, there's still stuff right. that's going to fall out of All this. All sorts where, of shell companies. You know, some games. of the U.S. companies have been trying to find ways to get around these rules by, you know, earlier rules by setting up overseas ventures. And, you know, I mean, the biggest thing, quite honestly, I mean, one, of the, one of the biggest things out of these latest controls was the prohibition on U.S. persons, which includes U.S. citizens yep. in, in doing certain things in this sort of semiconductor sector in China. And that actually may have a, a pretty devastating impact because many companies, Chinese startup companies are actually founded by or have a senior executives or senior engineers, U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Many of those are, are um, people who, who came to the U.S. to study, naturalized, and then decided to go to, to, go, to, go to China to pursue their careers because, you know, for, for various reasons. Right. And these new rules will force those people to choose between renouncing their citizenship or pulling out of China, correct? Potentially, or or they will get some protection in the PRC government where they can just keep working and they, they don't come back to the U.S. The PRC is going to protect them. I mean, right. We don't know. I mean, this is the thing where, where there are so many things that are still unknown about how these controls are going to shake out. All right, you've reached the end of the free preview. If you want to hear the rest of the episode, you can subscribe to Stratechery Plus to get all of our Sharp China episodes, all of our Sharp Tech episodes, all of the Stratechery interviews, daily analysis from Ben Thompson, and a whole lot more. Ben, do you want to tell people how they can subscribe? Yeah, to subscribe, just go to sharpchina.fm. When you sign up there, as Andrew mentioned, you will not just get Sharp China and add a feed to your podcast player that has all the episodes, full length, but you'll also have links to get all the other parts of the Stratechery Plus subscription. You can, by the way, also, if you are a Bill Bishop subscriber, go to sinocism.com and add Sharp China there. But uh, we think that uh, the, the Strecky Plus bundle is, is pretty interesting, and you will enjoy it, so you can check it out. It's a great deal. We've had fun with it the last couple months, and we're going to continue adding to the universe over the next couple months. So subscribe now and come along for the ride. And um, if you want to remain free, we'll continue to post snippets in this feed. We'll probably throw some full episodes in here as well, but subscribe to Stratechery Plus. We're going to have fun.